At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Commonwealth Matters. Hi, this is Richard Nelson, Executive Director of the Commonwealth Policy Center. Welcome to this edition of The Commonwealth Matters. We're a nonprofit, nonpartisan public policy group working to shore up the pillars of society, the sanctity of human life, marriage between a man and a woman, and religious freedom. On this uh, edition of the program, we're going to talk about immigration. Uh, immigration has been in the news lately, especially as we uh, learn about uh, families being separated at our southern border. Uh, with me on the program is uh, Ron Hicks. Ron, welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. Well, thank you so much, Richard. Uh, I'm um, the pastor of Henderson Memorial Baptist Church here in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, where I've served for the last 15 years. And Richard, you and I have kind of been doing this sort of thing for 20-something years now, just kind of sharing political issues from a biblical perspective. And uh, we find ourselves here today doing that exact same thing, dealing with the issue of immigration. We do. And for, for some of the listeners that aren't familiar with us, uh, they'll find that we have a heart for God's Word, mm -hmm. and we have a heart to see Christians engage the culture and think through these issues from a biblical worldview. There's so many difficult and challenging issues out there, and so many different opinions, too. Mm -hmm. And for both of us, as we've talked about these issues over the years and tried to unpack them, we've always gone back to one source, uh, realizing that you and I are limited in our knowledge, mm -hmm. we're limited in our perspective. But it comes down to what does God's word have to say about the issues? What does he have to say about right and wrong? What does he have to say about how we should govern ourselves as a nation? Uh, and this includes immigration policy. Oh, yeah. And later on in the program, we're going to unpack uh, our immigration policy. And uh, this is something that many people might not think there's a biblical perspective. But surprisingly, Scripture has a lot to, a say, lot to say about how we're mm -hmm. to treat immigrants. Mm -hmm. And the term in Scripture is uh, sojourner, is what, uh, depending on the version that you, mm -hmm. that you read from. But that mm -hmm. is a common term. And we are going to dive into that. In, and it's in not the, just Old Testament. It's, it's New Testament as well. Jesus, uh, when he's talking about... Um, you know, separating the sheep from the goat or separating believers from non-believers. He uses a criteria on how we deal with folks who, who would yeah. be immigrants. That's right. That's right. Well, Ron, we are a nation of immigrants. Uh, we welcome immigrants. Mm -hmm. In fact, my family comes from Germany and from Norway. We can, right. we can trace my bloodline back to those two countries. And there's some English in, the, in our past and mm -hmm. uh, some other uh, nationalities. But I'm an immigrant in a sense, a fifth generation immigrant uh -huh. from uh, both sides of the family. Uh, I know you've got some immigrant blood. Most of us, they're, we, they're, they're, but you've also got. We do. Some, I say I'm, I'm actually a registered member of the Cherokee, the Cherokee Nation here. Um, and and my, uh, I'm a card carrying a member. I'm identified by the Bureau of of uh, the Indian Affairs as a as a Native American. And so we do have. We do have shared uh, lineage in the, uh, from European, uh, but, but also on my dad's side of the family, we're, we're Native American. So, Ron, I was talking about where I was from on a program the other day, and I caught myself uh, saying something along the lines that I'm an immigrant, and yet I'm a Native American. And that's true just mm -hmm. as you are in, oh, sure. in a different sense of the word. Yeah. 
but I'm a Native American that I was born here. My mm -hmm. parents were born here. Mm -hmm. I just haven't been here as long as the Cherokee Nation sure. has been. Sure. And by the way, the, I don't think the Cherokees were the first people here. There were probably other groups before them. Right. So we see throughout history uh, across the globe, you see people come and go. You mm -hmm. see people uh, inhabit an area, and they're there for a period of time, and mm -hmm. then a new people comes in. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the, the history of the world, really. Absolutely. And, uh, and Well, and Richard, just if I, to, to put a, a finer point on it, you, um, you are a Native American, according to the 14th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, because you were born here in this country, and that makes you a native of this country. And as we unpack this a little bit more further in the program, there's actually, uh, you know, uh, uh, the 14th Amendment is there because uh, African Americans wanted to be able to be considered citizens, and they actually referenced the Native Americans in that discussion. And we can talk a little bit more about that later on, but you're a Native American because of the 14th Amendment. That's right. And you're a Native American because you have Cherokee blood yes. in your veins. Yes. Well, well, Ron, it's clear that we're a nation of immigrants. Yes. We welcome immigrants in this country. Most of us have immigrant blood mm -hmm. in our veins. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, even as we welcome immigrants, even as we are immigrants, we're a nation of laws. Yeah. And there are rules and there are procedures for coming here. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, those rules and procedures have not been upheld very well, right. whether it's by the government mm -hmm. uh, policing our border mm -hmm. or whether it's by those in the business community that sure. are looking for cheap labor. Mm -hmm. And that's what's attracted people here. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we've had an influx of immigrants in the last uh, 15 or 20 years. Uh, many of them have unfortunately been illegal immigrants. They've mm -hmm. crossed the border without going through the process. And we've got right now around 11 million uh, what some people call undocumented immigrants, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. illegal immigrants, unauthorized immigrants, uh -huh. whatever you say it, there are people here who are not citizens and they're not recognized by our government. What has captured our attention, though, in recent weeks and months yeah. is this policy at our southern border, mm -hmm. which has separated children from their parents. Mm -hmm. And if you've seen some of the pictures or some of the videos, you see well, crying children oh, and their parents that are being arrested. Sure. They've been separated sometimes for months. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it's, it's a heart-wrenching picture. So how, Ron, I'm going to throw this out there. How do you balance that? The, the fact that people are crossing over illegally mm -hmm. with their families, mm -hmm. with young children mm -hmm. in some cases, mm -hmm. and they're being separated. And you balance that with immigration law. You know, you, you, you have the two realities there, people trying to get here, not going through the proper channels, but yet we have laws that would regulate how people come in and, and who we're going to let in and how many people are going to let in. You know, Richard, if if I'm completely honest, and you and I have actually talked about this, this is a this is an issue that it's a struggle for, for both of us. The, the, the idea, you know, we are certainly compassionate. Who in the world wants parents to be separated from their children? Who wants to see a crying child? Who who wants to deny somebody who's fleeing their country, maybe either for persecution or or to be able to, to provide a, an economic future for their families? Who wants to see those people denied? And so you and I as Christians, the Bible's very clear. I mean, Jesus says, if you feed the hungry, uh, uh, give water to the thirsty, clothe the naked, greet the stranger, um, visit those that are sick in the hospital and those that are in prison, then, yeah. then you're doing this for the least of these. And so the, that stranger, that sojourner is that 
that person who's not a late native. And, and yeah. Jesus is going to say how you do that is going to determine whether or not you follow Christian principles, biblical yeah. principles. And so you and I, we've talked about this. We want to be compassionate to those yeah. folks. But also the Bible says render unto Caesar what is Caesar. So the whole idea of there is a system of laws and we are to respect that. So so you and I struggle with this issue. So if, if anybody listening today thinks that, hey, we're hard and fast on this and, and all, this is one of those things that we're, we're trying to process at the same time that's, yeah. uh, that is happening. But but we don't go with our opinion. We don't yeah. go with our thoughts. We don't go with popular opinion. You and I have talked many times before. Yeah. We have a standard by which we refer everything to, and that's God's Word. That's right. And we're going to, to look into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned that there is this tension there. Oh, we have this yeah. tension mm-hmm. between being governed under the rule of mm-hmm. law. We have procedures, and there's a way about coming into this country legally. And it does take time, and sure. there's a lot of paperwork and a lot mm-hmm. of patience involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, But at the same time, we're dealing with real people. We're dealing with families. And when you look at those pictures of the families being uh, torn apart at the southern border, right now it's about 2,700 families that have been separated from their children. And you look at those pictures and and it it, it moves us, you know. And that, by the way, I think speaks to our compassion. It speaks to our humanity that we don't want to see families separate. We don't want to see children or parents hurt. Uh, Now, in defense of that, if you can defend it, and I, I can't defend it, so well, I think that's I, not a way to the, the way to put it. Sure. But what has been said is number one that there's a zero tolerance policy right. in place mm-hmm. where anybody that gets caught crossing the border illegally mm-hmm. is going to be apprehended. Yeah, which I agree with. I, I, that I, that that part I don't have any problem the, with at all. The second thing is, and this is fascinating. It's mm-hmm. not really been talked about a whole mm-hmm. lot, but I saw uh, somebody in the U.S. Justice Department comment that some of the children being brought over here under the guise of being with their parents, mm-hmm. those really aren't their parents. Right, right. There's, there, human trafficking mm-hmm. has become an issue. Mm-hmm. Many of the children trafficked in this country are from foreign countries. Yes. They don't speak English, mm-hmm. and they could come looking like they're part of a family, but in reality they're trafficked. So in that case, you would want to remove them from whoever is taking them under their wings mm-hmm. and saying, hey, these are my mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're coming here to you know, we, for a better life. Uh, but when you take them apart from that person and question them and find out, hey, that maybe that wasn't the, my their their parents. Sure, uh, that is a reality that's there. I don't know. It I can't is, speak. It's a small reality, but but let's let's kind of take this down where where maybe the average citizen or or uh, not the average citizen. I'm sorry, uh, but but uh, let's say let's say at two o'clock in the morning, Richard, uh, somebody knocks at your door. And there's a, a man and a woman and several children, and and they say, "Hey, uh, brother, we, we our cars broke down down the road, and and uh, and can, can we come in and use your phone?" And all of them, all of a sudden, are, are uh, you know your family's uh, in bed, and and all of them want to come parading into your house. Uh, you you don't know who these people are, uh, you don't know whether the story they're telling is true or, or not, and yeah. so you're going to want to say, "Well, now, h- hang on a second, <laughs> you know, um, kids, why don't you wait in the car?" Uh, maybe dad, uh, you know, if it was my house, I'd, dad, why don't you wait in the car as well? And and so, so mom, if you'd like to use the phone here, let me bring you the phone. I'm not going to want a whole bunch of people traipsing into my house that I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to want to kind of verify the story and all the rest of it. I want right. to be able to protect my, my family and, and my possessions. And so I would, I would say, I'm going to, I'm going to take what I would consider to be the least threatening of those people. I'm going to vet that person. I'm going to ask the other people to kind of wait outside. Yeah. And yeah. so our country is kind of doing the same thing. The unfortunate right. thing is there's no car outside in the driveway. Yeah. And so you have uh, people entering into the country. And, and it, it, do you know, according to the ICE, the government website, the uh, Immigration 
Customs um, Enforcement. Customs and Enforcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said that 92% of the people that are detained at the border, that are entering illegally, that are detained and, and sent back, the reason they're sent back is because they have criminal convictions. They have a criminal history. Wait, wait a minute. Let me. 92%. Let, so 92%, 92% of all people that ICE uh, captures at the border have yes. criminal backgrounds. Yes, criminal backgrounds. And that you can go to the ICE.gov we, website. Why don't we hear more about that? Well, because, because there are people that are trying to push an agenda. And, and one of the agendas that they're pushing is is uh, that uh, that whatever it is that you want to do, you should be able to do. The, the whole liberal mentality is, is uh, you know, it, it just, just fling our borders open. We are a country of immigrants, and, and the reason that we're so strong is because of diversity, which we agree with. But, but I have found more and more that the people who are liberal-minded, uh, they, they like to be able to pick and choose the laws depending on, on, on how it, inf- how it uh, benefits the liberal theology. So the whole idea of if you're regulating something, the liberals are like, oh, no, we can't regulate anything. Whatever, whatever goes, whatever you want to do should be fine. And so, 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 Ron, with these heart-wrenching pictures that we just talked about a mm-hmm, moment ago, mm-hmm. these families being torn apart, yeah. and you and I both have compassion towards oh, them. Many of the listeners do, and that's, that's a horrible image that mm-hmm, we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I think that that's something that uh, the, the government has stopped. I think that that was a bad idea, uh, that children should be kept with Agreed. their parents mm-hmm. when, uh, when they're, after they find out who they are and if they are actually their parents. Uh, but and the first lady of the United States was responsible. When she went and she saw that, she went back and she told her husband, President Trump, we've got to do something about this. This is unacceptable. Yeah. And so, there, so the president, I believe, has changed his mind. Mm-hmm. We've had court rulings that have changed the policy. Uh, that's a whole other topic mm-hmm. on whether or not mm-hmm. that was the right channel right, to sure, go to, sure. to have it come through the courts. Mm-hmm. But we know that the families are no longer being separated at right. the border, and that's that's good news. But because of those images, I want us to go in this direction just okay. very briefly sure. before we go to a break. Uh, because of those images, mm-hmm. there are many people in the country rallying against ICE. Again, that's the Immigration and Customs Enforcement uh, branch of our federal government. They're responsible for finding out who's coming in here and if mm-hmm. somebody's in here illegally or if there's illegal material coming into the country legally, ICE is the organization that is tasked with finding those people and then sending them back. Uh, but there's a there's a backlash against ICE. Some are calling for the abolition of ICE. Mm-hmm. In fact, in Louisville, Kentucky, there's a big billboard off of I-65 saying abolish ICE. Mm-hmm. There are two congressmen right now that promise to introduce legislation to abolish ICE. Uh, so we have this backlash against our Immigration Customs Enforcement Agency. And, uh, Ron, if, if ICE is abolished, then what happens? Well, I, I can tell you, if you go to the ICE.gov website, um, it, it has some t- statistics for fiscal year 2017. Um, uh, and and it, uh, it, it gives us some information. It says uh, of the 105,773 arrests that took place, through ICE, the administrative arrests, uh, 73.7% of those were actually convicted of a criminal offense. Um, Criminal charges pending is the remainder of 15.5%. Only 10% of the people who come uh, that are determined to be illegally in this country, whether they're caught at the border or illegally inside the country, only 10.8% of those are actually have no known criminal charges or wow. conviction. Now, I, I'm not making these things up. These are statistics that are from our website. So, uh, what, tri- is that, what is that website again? I'm it's sorry. ICE.gov. Okay. Now, now, some people might say, well, of course the government's going to skew these figures. Well, if you believe our government intentionally lies to us and publish those lies, well, I, I guess you might have a point. 
there are dangerous drug offenses. 19,065 criminal charges of people illegally coming through and bringing, um, that, that's just in, in 2017. Um, the criminal convictions, 57,438. Wow. Total number, 76,503 dangerous drugs coming into our country wow. that are being caught by ICE. So, so we see the clear purpose of ICE. We see the results of ICE enforcing our laws, and we see the necessity of this, uh, of this uh, federal organization. Well, and uh, this is what they're accomplishing, Richard. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this is what we're accomplishing. We're stopping people at the border because detainees at the border have gone down, but people f f discovered inside the country illegally, that has gone up. So they're stopping at the border, and they're finding illegals and sending them home. Sure. Criminals. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Commonwealth Matters. We are talking immigration policy in the United States. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a minute. At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Commonwealth Matters. You're listening to The Commonwealth Matters. My name is Richard Nelson, and with me is Ron Hicks. We are talking immigration in the United States. And Ron, just before the break, we were talking about the backlash against ICE. This is the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, and their job is to uh, police the borders, to make sure that uh, people coming over are allowed to come over, that we know who they are, and we also know uh, what kind of items they're bringing into the country. You know, a lot of illegal drugs flow over the border uh, from Mexico and from other places as well, and ICE is charged with making sure that illegal uh, contents aren't brought here, drugs or uh, other kind of contraband. And you were sharing just before the break about the uh, uh, some of the statistics, which uh, can be found on ICE's website. But share with us again how, how much illegal contraband. Well, uh, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pull up some of these other figures as we're talking uh, to, to be able to give you uh, on that ICE website, and, and any one of our listeners can go to that. It actually talks about the poundage. Of, of methamphetamines, it talks about the the quantity of the marijuana, and we're we're not we're not painting this broad picture saying that everybody that's coming in is criminals. We're not saying that at all. Um, our government is saying that over ninety percent of people who enter illegally already have a criminal conviction, um, and wow. and the criminal conviction isn't that they're trying to enter the country illegally, because if that was the case, it would be 100%. Let me stop you right there just to make sure we're clear on this. So 90% of the illegal immigrants that ICE arrests in this country mm -hmm. have a criminal background. Uh, that's according to the ICE.gov website. And how many, I think you shared that number before the break, but how many uh, approximately were, were apprehended last year? Well, and that's a curious uh, number because... Um, um, at the border, in fiscal year 2017, um, there were less people stopped at the border than the previous years. And so uh, illegal immigrants realize that, that if you're found inside the country, they're going to find you and they're going to deport you. So yeah. the number of people trying to come across the borders has declined. But in fiscal year 2017, the number of people in the interior of the country that are here illegally, that number has increased. So ICE is certainly doing an effective job of deterring illegals from coming in and finding those illegal criminals and, and sending them back. 
um, to, to their countries. And, and again, not everybody that's a, we're not painting a, p- a picture saying everybody that's here illegally is a criminal. We're not saying that at all. But it, a large percentage sure. is. It, it uh, has been stated that the reason why there are less people coming over is because we do have a new president and there is a new zero tolerance policy when it comes to illegal immigrants coming over. So the borders uh, have been shored up. There are more uh, personnel along the borders to, to uh, apprehend illegal immigrants. But then also there's a, a, an effort here in this country to find those who are here illegally and then mm-hmm. to send them, send them back, which uh, again, even that sounds cold-hearted. Uh, we, we have many people who have been here many years, and there are children who, uh, this is the only country they know. Yeah. They, they were born here. Uh-huh. Uh, and or, according to or, the 14th Amendment, if they were born here, they are citizens. But I think what you're meaning is a two-year-old is brought over here, and that, now they're right. a 22-year-old. So, so right. they learn English. They, mm-hmm. they, all they know is, the, is this country, and that is one of the most difficult situations. These are known as the dreamers, right. the, the, the children who grew up here. They speak English. They don't know their, their own country, but their parents came over illegally. And they would self-identify as American citizens. Now, I'm just sharing my opinion. I believe that there should be special concessions for those people. A two-year-old child being brought by parents isn't making a conscious Let, let me press you on yeah. that, though. Let mm-hmm. me press into okay. that. Should they be given citizenship status? When you have people that are going through the proper channels, they're, they're filling out their paperwork, they're waiting in some cases for years to get here right. legally. Mm-hmm. Should those dreamers, those children who may have come here when they were two or three or four years old, should they be put to the front of the line? Okay. Should here, pull the pin, throw the hand grenade, ready for the explosion. <laughs> oh, no. I'm talking about Ron Hicks, just my opinion. Remember, this yes. is this. Hey, this is this is <laughs> radio. This right, is all right, over, right. being broadcast all across so, Kentucky. So the answer to your question is yes. <laughs> Let, let's just take the example of a guy that's been brought or a gal that's been brought over here at two years old. They've gone through their high school graduates, their college graduates, the whole time they've worked, they've paid their taxes, they've done all those things. They have shown that they are model citizens. They haven't been arrested, all those things. They are as model a citizen as any other American citizen. And we discover, hey, you, you, you're not, you're here illegally. Well, I've been here for 20 years and my parents brought me in. I think the litmus test, the, the, the vetting has already taken place. Sure. Do you have a criminal record? No. Uh, are you a productive member of society? Yes. Okay, so you've already fulfilled those requirements. Yes, in my opinion, make them a citizen. Now, if they haven't become a productive member of society, if they're a drain on society, if they could work their able body but they choose not to, if they have criminal convictions, then again, they've already been vetted. They've yeah. already they've already proven proven. So, so you'd say send so, them so back. Say, no. Over, okay. Yeah. So I think I think the proof is in the pudding, as we would say down down south. And the vetting process has taken place. This is a question for our U.S. Congress to address. They've tried to address it. Yeah. They've not been able to come to an agreement. No, no. We did have the DACA uh, mm-hmm. program, which mm-hmm. was Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, right. which was in place for years. Sure. That was under President Obama, mm-hmm. uh, but that has been put on hold. That is not the policy right now. Right. Uh, President Trump has suspended it. He's put the issue back into Congress's hands, mm-hmm. and they recently dealt with it, but they have not been able to come to an agreement on sure. what to do and how to address right. uh, these children who are brought here at a young age. Well, and I have brothers and sisters in Christ and folks that are that are, that are from a non-believing background who adamantly disagree with my opinion, and that's the beautiful thing about this country is we can, we can have differences of opinion, and thankfully I'm not the one that has to make that decision. I elect yeah. representatives, but yeah, I, I believe there ought to be a way that those folks... Ron, Scripture says, 
uh, a lot about the aliens oh, and about does. foreigners and sure. sojourners. Scripture is also recently used by Attorney General Jeff Sessions mm-hmm. in the, to support the policy to separate families at the right. border. He cited uh, Romans chapter 13 about citizens obeying government. It's a general principle that government is instituted by God and we're mm-hmm. to submit to the governing authorities. Uh, but when it comes to sojourners and, and, and immigrants, Scripture says a lot. Uh, Exodus twenty two twenty one says this, You shall not wrong a sojourner or oppress him, for you were once sojourners in the land of Egypt. Jeremiah twenty two three says this, Thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness. Justice. It, don't do wrong. That's right. And deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed, and do no wrong or violence to the resident alien, the fatherless and the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. Uh, Levit- Leviticus 19.33-34. When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I'm the Lord your God. There are many other passages that we could go into, but you get a clear picture that God cares about the alien and about the sojourner. I'll tell you what, we can take it a step further, Richard. We were talking earlier about the idea of being sanctuary cities. In the scripture, God actually determines that there should be a number of sanctuary cities. Now, those sanctuary cities are different than the sanctuary cities of today. A sanctuary city in the, in the in Bible times was that if somebody accidentally caused the loss of a human life, accidentally. So now, manslaughter. A manslaughter, sure. yeah. Uh, and it could be from negligence, but but if it was, if it was absolutely an accident, the, the 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 an eye eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth of the Old Testament. If something was done accidentally, you could not. If I accidentally caused you to lose your arm, I, I I had to pay restitution. I had to make it good, but but you couldn't come and cut my arm off. Now if I did it on purpose, then you could come back and do to me on purpose what I did to you. So if somebody accidentally killed somebody. And somebody who didn't follow biblical principles said, I'm coming after you and I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to have a revenge killing. I'm going to kill you blood for blood. Mm -hmm. Well, that was against God's law. God said, here's a refuge city, a sanctuary city. If you accidentally cause a death, you can run to that city. You can be protected. But guess what you had to do? You had to plead your case to the elders. And they would determine whether or not you could come in. But here's the crazy thing. You could come into the city and be safe, but you still had to uh, present yourself before a tribunal. So there would be a temporary trial. Then there would be a tribunal. And during that tribunal, if they determined that you weren't, in fact, if it wasn't accidental, if it was intentional, guess what? You were no longer harboring in that sanctuary yeah. city. So yeah. so we do that same sort of a thing. When somebody comes to this country and they say, hey, I, I'm being chased. Somebody's trying to kill me because of political beliefs or, or because I've been uh, I've been abused or something like that. We've got to vet that person. So yeah. there's a there's an initial process. Yeah. And unfortunately, it requires being detained, just like in, a sac- in, in, in one of those cities. You're detained. I think another point that needs to be brought out is that a sojourner in biblical times is a little different than somebody just coming over sure. the border. We have defined boundaries. Yes. We have immigration laws. We do have rules for people to come here. Absolutely. And actually, if you want to just stay here temporarily, six-month visa or 12-month, yeah. if you want to study here uh-huh. or if you want to work temporarily, it's, it's easier to get that. To become a citizen is a little different process. Yeah. Uh, so I think in a sense we're compa- it's not a, an exact comparison no, when you talk about the so no, right. yeah so mm-hmm. the sojourner biblically was a little different than what we're talking about today mm-hmm. uh, but as Christians the heart of a believer a follower of Jesus should be compassionate should be careful towards those who are here the sojourner and the alien they're not in their home country we should uh, realize that that is the Israelites were once sojourners uh, hey in a, in a in a in a eternal sense. 
all of all us, of us are, are yeah. We're strangers in a strange land. That's, that's right. That's right. That's right. So we need to be careful and compassionate to those uh, who are around us. I realize but, we don't have much time left yeah. in the show, but I, I just want to tell you, here's the here's the uh, talking out of both sides of the neck that we get from the national yeah. media. CNN says this, the immigration crisis is about the devaluation of love. And so they say the United States has no love. Yeah. A president yeah. has no love. Yeah. Yet that same news organization has another headline that says European migrant crisis isn't going away. So wow. as long as it's in Europe, it's a migrant crisis. Yeah. Here in the United States, it's the lack of love. Yeah. So, uh, wow. That, that, that we could do a whole other program on media inconsistency <laughs> yes. and, and just unpack that in, in more detail. But uh, we don't have time to do that. Well, hey, we appreciate all of you tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. We've been talking about immigration policy. You can find more information about us on the web at the Commonwealth Policy Center. Dot org, Commonwealth Policy Center. Dot org. Thanks for listening. God bless you and have a great day.